Turn with me your Bibles this morning. Turn with me your Bibles to Second First Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two. Have you ever built a pyramid? I remember as children building pyramids, just kind of loved to build a pyramid. I'd always often be the person on the bottom. You'd have four or five of you there on the bottom. Of course, we know the success of any good pyramid is a strong base. If you have a strong base, the pyramid can be built quite tall. I remember in camps having competitions about who could build the highest pyramids in the fastest amount of time. It was always fun just to watch as those pyramids would collapse. And, then, you know, it's because if the base was strong, the pyramid would stand strong. But if the base was not strong, it would collapse. Well, our scripture today is, it reminds us how important the base is. How important is the foundation for which we build the church. The church is not to be built upon men. The church is not to be built upon women. The church is to be built upon Christ, the solid rock. Christ is the builder of the church. Let's look at the scripture today. It says, as you come to him, living, the living stone, Jesus is the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him. God's one and only son was precious to him. And he was chosen by God for a purpose, to die for you and to die for me. To be the foundation on which our lives would be built. You also, the scripture says, you also are a living stone and are being built into a spiritual house. Think about that. Christ is the cornerstone. But you also are living stones. The church is built up of God's people. Built one upon the other. And you know what's interesting? Without one, it's weaker, isn't it? But when we stand together, when there's unity in the body, the body is stronger. You also, like living stones, are being, into, being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Think about that. Everyone in this room is called to a life of priesthood. You are the living stone. You are the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Christ has called you to be a part of the living stone, the church. The church is not a building. A church is not a steeple. The church is the people of God. And you are a holy priesthood. Think about that. Do you carry your, do you walk through life as if you're a priest? Of God. You are a holy priesthood, the scripture says. Offering a spiritual sacrifice. Romans 12 says that we are to commit our lives to God as a spiritual sacrifice. Acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For for in scripture it says, see, I lay in Zion. I lay a stone in Zion. A chosen and precious cornerstone. The one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Do you trust in the cornerstone? Do you trust in him? 
On Christ the solid rock I stand, no other ground is sinking sand. Is he your cornerstone? Is he your comfort? Is he your strength? Is he the anchor in the times of storms of life? You see, storms will come. There are many testimonies of testimonies like testimonies battling leukemia. And they come. And Christ is our rock. He is our cornerstone. And we are his holy people. I look across this sanctuary and I see the people of God. I see the potential in each of you that God desires for you to fulfill in your life just by simply saying yes to the things of God and to the purpose of God. Today we are celebrating freedom, freedom in Christ. We're also celebrating the freedom that we have as a nation. And yet we're always keenly aware of the fact that just because we grew up here in this United States, not everyone had that privilege. And so we celebrate really our freedom more in Christ. Because he is our rock, regardless of the choices of the political climate of any world. He is our strength. The price of freedom comes at a great sacrifice, not only for Christ himself, but for our nation. Patriots won our nation's freedom by giving their lives to secure it. And many over the years have sacrificed greatly to preserve it. It was Patrick Henry who said, give me liberty or give me death. You see, Patrick Henry understood that it would take great sacrifice And today these words resound with great meanings for us as Americans, especially at this time of year where we celebrate our patriotism, where we celebrate our liberty as a nation and the liberty that we have in Christ Jesus. But for all the fireworks and all the pageantry, one must wonder, do we really comprehend what it means to be free? Do we really comprehend what it means to be a people who have been set free. You see, I think many of us have not experienced what it feels like to live under tyranny. For someone to tell us where we can live or how we can live. We've never had to face that type of oppression. And so we take for granted this freedom that we have as a nation. John prayed in his prayer about how this country was founded on Biblical principles. But if we're not careful, we will take for granted the freedoms that are ours as a nation. And we will lose many of those freedoms. But you see, it's not about political will. It's not about our decisions, decisions of man. It's about Christ being the cornerstone. You see, if we're going to secure the freedoms that we have as a nation, it's not going to be by might. Or by strength, it's going to be by surrendering our lives to a holy God. Each and every one of us being a holy priesthood, making a difference in our corner of the world. And with our family, preserving the freedoms that we have in our home. So we need to pray for our nation. But we also need to celebrate our freedoms. If we were ever to lose them, we would know how precious they were to us. Patrick Henry said, give me liberty or give me death. For Patrick Henry, there was really only two choices, liberty or death. 
And really, there's only two choices for us in the spiritual realm. Liberty, spiritual freedom, or spiritual death. Romans 6.16 says this, Do you not know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey? Whether you are a slave to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. Christ calls us to a life of obedience, which leads to righteousness. Romans 3.23 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hears my voice, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. Christ desires a relationship with you. He wants to transform your life and for your life then to begin to be built upon that cornerstone and for you to join the body of Christ in being built up into a holy priesthood. Christ paid a great price for the redemption of mankind. He paid a great price for you and for me so that we might have life and have it to its full. But we must be willing to say yes. Be willing to die to self. Matthew sixteen twenty five says, Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. You see, through justification, we are liberated from the penalty of sin. It's just as if we had never sinned. When we accept Christ as our Savior and Lord, we ask Him into our heart and life, our sins are thrown as far as the east is from the west. And our sins are never to be remembered again. We are justified in the eyes of God because of Christ's death on the cross for me, for John, for each of you. Not because of anything that you've done, but because of the price that Christ paid for you. So when we accept Christ, when we ask Him to come into our heart and life, when we make a decision to be a follower of Christ, and we say yes to Him, we are justified. The righteousness of Christ is is credited to our account. He paid the price for us. Through justification, we are justified, we are saved. Through sanctification, we are liberated by the power of the Holy Spirit. Through sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit, He liberates us from our carnal nature. Prior to our relationship with Christ, we developed sinful habits, sinful ways of thinking, sinful ways of reacting, sinful ways of responding to life itself. Peter instructs us in 1 Peter chapter 2 how to avoid five common pitfalls that threaten our Christian integrity. You see, as we endeavor to be a part of the holy priesthood, the church, we must live out our faith. We must be followers of Him. The Scripture says, Therefore, rid yourself... Or lay aside all malice. Now this word malice, it it describes all kinds of wickedness. Lay aside, put aside all kinds of wickedness. If you're going to be a part of the holy priesthood, if you're going to build your life upon the cornerstone, we need to take our eyes off the things of this world and put our eyes on Jesus. 
the cornerstone. We're to lay aside all wickedness. Is there any wickedness in your life? In the things that you read, the things that you watch, the things that you listen to, the places you go. Is there anything in your life that does not honor our Lord and does not glorify the Father? You see, you are a holy priesthood. You know, there's been a lot of times in my life I've said, um, you know, I don't do that because I'm a Christian. Or, you know, I really don't do that because I'm a pastor and it really wouldn't be good because, you know, as a pastor I have this standard that I have to uphold. And, and so, I, you know, I make choices accordingly. Well, it's the same for you. You're a holy priesthood, the Scripture says. The scripture also says, we're to lay aside all deceit. We are to be a people of integrity. Our yes should be yes, and our no should be no. We are to lay aside, we're to put off, we're to strip away all deceit. You know, I first became a Christian, I realized there was times it was easier to lie than to tell the truth. And the Lord started convicting me real quick of that. You know, Rex, you're a Christian. You're part of the holy priesthood. You can't lie your way out of the, your problems. You need to be a person of integrity. God tells us to put aside all deceit. We're also to put aside or to strip off all hypocrisy. We're to be real and genuine. We are to look more and more like Christ every single day. Don't be two-faced. That's, that's not always easy. Sometimes it's just easier to cover it up. Oh, everything's fine. And we're not honest with the world around us. And sometimes it's necessary, and I understand that. But we need to be a people of integrity. But we also need not to be hypocritical in our lifestyle. We need to live in such a way that we are a reflection of Christ. We're also not to pretend to be somebody that we're really not. Let's be honest. The scripture says also to lay aside envy. Now, this is a hard one for us in the ministry, I think, sometimes. And I, don't, I know you don't like to hear this about your pastors when we kind of confess to you. But we struggle with this, too. You know, here we are, highly educated. Almost everyone on staff has a master's degree. We're highly educated, and yet you receive an income that is probably half of what you could receive someone else because you're called a ministry. And yet we're paid better than most of the pastors on our district, who work a double work a job and pastor full time, and it's easy, you know, to be where you are and where any place in life and envy somebody else, you know, their retirement or their pension or those kinds of things. And if we're not careful, we can allow that become to become a stumbling block in our lives. You see, Jesus saves us. At one, point, at one moment, when we accept Christ in our heart and our lives, we're saved. But he 
through the power of His Holy Spirit, changes us day by day. And the Lord keeps working on me. And I have to remind myself, yeah, you know, you need to get rid of these things. Don't give in to that carnal nature. Submit yourself to the Lord. Be a reflection of Him. And then I like this. It says, we are to put off slander of every kind. You know, gossip and slander will destroy the church quicker than anything. And sometimes it's just not worth going there. We need to be a part of building one another up in love, encouraging one another, supporting one another. You make decisions, and sometimes they, they go well, other times they don't. You know, last night I made a decision that we would... We would not, we would, uh, if we had lights, we would have worship and Sunday school. If we didn't have power, we would have worship. Well, you know, that's an unpopular decision because we don't really know what we're doing. Make a decision one way or another. What are we going to do? No Sunday school? Yes Sunday school? And it's an unpopular decision. And yet I hated to cancel something if we had power. And so you make decisions. And there will be people, you know, grumble about this, no grumble about that. It's, it's the way life is. I mean, it's our nature, isn't it? But Peter encourages us to put those things off. It's my nature. And so, really, I'm preaching this message, but most of the fingers are pointing back at me. And then I love this. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. You think about babies, they don't have any of this stuff. Envy. No, they, don't, they don't struggle with these five things, you know, malice, deceit. There's no malice in a child, in an infant. There's no deceit in an infant. There's no hypocrisy. They're an infant. When they're hungry, they cry. And they, when they want milk, they want it now. We went to the zoo on um, Thursday, Debbie and I, and we took the grandbabies, grandkids, Aubrey and Connor and little Ella. And uh, we got back from the zoo, and Ella was fit to be tied. She was hungry, and she wanted food now. And she's really laid back. She never cries. But she, and I didn't know what to do with her. I was like, Debbie, Debbie, I don't know what to do. She's crying, she's crying. You're here, here. And she said, just feed her, just feed her. So I started shoveling food in. And she was fine. She just, she was starving. For milk. You know what? That's what the Lord's saying to us. That we're to be like children, like babes, and long for the things of God. To long for the cornerstone that our life is guided by Him in all things. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. I love that, that you may grow up in your salvation. Do you realize when you're saved, you're not perfect? (laughs) And I'm not either. But we're growing up and becoming a holy priesthood. When we submit to the Lord, when we say yes to his calling in my life. Is that the right time, 1034? 
Oh, man. I got a clock here, too. Well, let's close it out with one verse. Verse 9. And I love this. But you, you, put your name in right there. You, you are a chosen people. God chose you. Lexi, God chose you. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. My church. The people of God. You are a holy nation. A people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people. But because you are followers of Christ, I proclaim today that you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for this great day. Your love and your mercy and your grace. Help us to be a holy priesthood, to share the good news of Jesus Christ with our world this week, to be a godly example to those around us. We pray this in your name. Amen.